0: And do you know how many people would probably, like, run away at the sign of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a
1: four-foot bong in a bag of wheat <laughs> by your bed.
0: wings, the parlor game for nerds is nearing extinction! <laughs> it's in my pod! It's in my pod! <laughs> I will find proof.
1: <laughs> I'm very easily startled, Mr. Fingerbuck. <laughs> I don't know which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring that we were talking about earlier.
0: <laughs> I'm ready to remain conscious
1: as we record this show. Hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. My name is Mark Tick-Tock-Frankum, and that is Chris. I'm only getting the tick, man. Fingston, how you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I guess I could have done that, uh, Mark, you're the tick to my talk, Frankum. Ooh. And Chris, you're the talk to my tick, Fingston. <laughs> hey, it's, a, it's a two for a week. A, uh,
0: what exactly does "talk to my tick" mean? Because I'm thinking no, it's talk- kind of a
1: yin and yang sort of thing.
0: Because mm, I was, or thinking maybe like- I'm the one
1: that gives you a tick, a facial tick, every time we uh, interact. I was thinking you're the <laughs> one that talks to my tick. Oh, yeah. I wasn't right. going blue. I wasn't going blue with it. But hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I went that way. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're talking about heart stuff today. I actually
0: heart believe thingies.
1: You, I actually believe you uh, titled the show prep cardiac stuff. I did. Well, you know, because we have a cardiovascular, I did that to differentiate it from the cardiovascular. Then I was looking to see because I thought we did a heart rhythm one, and for a second, my because I was about three quarters of the way through the prep, I saw a heart ri- heart rhythm ri- or heart. Disorders. I was like, "God damn it!" And then when I opened it up, I realized it was hearing disorders, and I just stopped reading after the R. So, <laughs> so. you know, I can't laugh at you too hard because it
0: <laughs> just sounds like something I'd do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just.
1: Like, well, there was four of the five letters there. What the hell? What were the chances? A E A R. My brain's like, done. Know what it is? Yeah, What's yeah. The next <laughs> thing? <laughs> Moving on. So yeah, uh, heart. Cardiac stuff this evening. So we got a couple of different things here. Uh, we're gonna cover some cardiac rhythms, and uh, th- but we're gonna start out with a thing called Takasubos. And the yeah. reason this is kind of in the front fore- of forefront of my mind is we had a cardiac arrest recently, and the lady was ultimately diagnosed with Takasubos. This is broken heart syndrome, right? It is. It Ooh. is. You know, and uh, it's you know, different from a key breaky heart syndrome. It is. I see. I was going for a country song, and I went with uh, for some reason Wild Horses. I don't know. Not <laughs> right close to Garth Brooks. Right. Uh Sure. Yeah. I only know, my only connections with Garth Brooks are, I know one of his songs. Well, no, because I know two of his songs. The one where his dad drove his semi-truck through the uh, front of the motel. Uh, yeah, it's, um, oh. Mama, oh. Love pa, dad, daddy, Mama uh, Papa, or no, yeah. Papa, Papa Love Mama Mama, 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 love, Mama love, men. love
0: Men. Yeah. Now, uh, and the reason I remember the graveyard that, and Daddy's and in Pop,
1: the pen. pen. Yeah. The reason that cracks me up is because, um. He never hit the brakes and he was shifting gear. (laughs) he's going faster. (laughs) (laughs) That cracked me up. And then I attended the college. I will leave it at attendant that uh, he went to in Oklahoma. And I went to the bar bar where he uh, bounced and met his first wife. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was not during the time that he was there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it was a place called Tumbleweeds or the Weed. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, and he ended up marrying Trisha Yearwood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he lived just south of there on I-75. Oh, yeah. At did. he did. I'll start so, by and back say to, hi, to Takasubos. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, so, From yeah. broken heart to tumbleweeds. There you go.
0: Yeah, so uh, broken heart syndrome, or Takasubos, is a cardiomyopathy, which I love that word mm-hmm. because it is so very – and Mark and I have said this several times about taking a medical vocabulary class. Uh, When you're getting into medicine, go take a med vocab class uh, or medical terminology class Mm -hmm. uh, because you can cheat a lot just by knowing what a word means. But uh, yeah, cardio of the heart, myo, muscle, pathy disease. So cardiomyopathy is cardio muscle disease or... Mm -hmm. Broken heart syndrome. So this is when the heart muscle becomes suddenly stunned or weakened. Uh, it mostly occurs following like severe emotional or physical stress. Believe it or not. So the condition is temporary, and most people are going to recover from from within two months. But takotsubo cardiomyopathy or broken heart syndrome. It's a temporary heart condition that will develop in response to an intense emotional or physical experience. It's also known as stress cardiomyopathy or like we said, broken heart syndrome. So in this condition, the heart's main pumping chamber, which is the ventricles, it'll actually change shape, affecting the heart's ability to pump blood effectively. The heart's chamber will then look similar to a takasubo pot, uh, which is a Japanese fishing pot that's used to catch octopus.
1: Yeah, it's um, basically kind of a wider at the bottom, a little bit more narrow at the top. So when the octopus goes into it, it finds it harder to get out. And it rests in there and they go by and pull the thing up.
0: I will say octopus are incredibly crafty getting out of things. Mm -hmm. So that pot must be a crafty pot.
1: I uh, read a thing the other day. They were talking about how octopus farming is a bad idea. Really? Yeah. And they were saying not just because of their intelligence. Uh, There's actually video online. You can see, you can watch this um, light getting cut, getting turned off at night in this um, lab. And what they finally found out by hooking up a camera was this octopus was actually getting out of its um, tank, going over, turning off the light and going back into its tank because the light was bothering him. Uh, there's a, there's another <laughs> uh, story about an
0: octopus that kept getting out of one tank and going into another tank and eating all the life in that tank. <laughs> and they would find it in that tank in the morning. And then one day they go in there and they found the tank, the other tank again, empty of all life, but the octopus squarely back in his own tank. Mm-hmm like nothing happened yeah 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 i was never there yeah hmm. i have no <laughs> idea what happened um anyways but, but he had so, fishy breath that's what gave him away and <laughs> when you when first said octopus farming <laughs> i immediately thought i'm like well of course it's a bad idea have you ever seen an octopus drag a rake it's terrible <laughs> they can't
1: grab it no. right Work ethic whatsoever.
0: No, college. seriously, <laughs> slop around. Anyway, so uh, Takasubo uh, cardiomyopathy is brought on by an extremely stressful physical emotion event like we mentioned before. So common triggers can include the death of a loved one, a serious accident. Fierce argument, uh, unexpected loss, or sudden illness. These triggers are the reasons for the conditions nickname, broken heart syndrome. So, Takotsubo cardiomyopathy can occur at any age. and occurs in both men and women, uh, but it mostly affects older women. So, the symptoms of this, uh, sudden chest pain, shortness of breath, or fainting, usually after feeling severe stress. These symptoms are similar to those of heart attacks. So, if you experience these symptoms, you should call an ambulance uh, straight away. So, while... Broken hearts. There's, there's no
1: way to tell the difference without tests at the hospital.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just really don't, don't, don't take a chance on it. Cause while broken heart syndrome is typically, typically something that's temporary and transient, mm-hmm. uh, a heart attack is not. And, uh, you don't want to wait around and be like, huh, that's funny. I feel like I'm dying. I guess it wasn't broken heart syndrome. I right. guess I just had a well, big Well, like M. I said, the
1: lady, I, uh, we worked the other, just about a month ago before Christmas. Um, she, she coded, straight up coded. We had to shock her twice, get her heart back into a rhythm, because, and she was ultimately diagnosed with takasupos. Uh, oh, no, well, on her, we, while we were working the code, we were doing CPR. We, CPR was done well enough before we got there, and we continued it, that she was uh, talking while doing CPR in VFib. Hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. And, yeah, she was uh, extubated and talking in the ICU within, like, three hours of the initial code. Damn. After going to cath lab. Wow. So, yeah. The catheter, I'm like, there's nothing here. Right. Well, they, because uh, they were trying to, they, uh, the doctor, the cardiologist was calling us to ask for the computer file from the cardiac monitor, and it was uh, the fire department's. But, uh, wow. Yeah, they wanted that because they were thinking they wanted to put an AICD until they, were di- until they diagnosed with Takasubos. Wow. So,
0: so AICD the symptoms, still might not be a bad idea.
1: Right. Uh, so, the symptoms. Uh, main symptoms, we just did that. Call an ambulance straightaway. Tests, that's where we are, Chris. We're at tests. You did yeah. that, right? You passed
0: the test, Mark. Good I job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, your doctor will perform several tests to rule out a heart attack and confirm your diagnosis. You may need one or more of the following tests to determine the cause of your symptoms uh, an ECG, which is an electrical recording of your uh, heart's action, a blood test to check the enzyme levels that in- indicate damage to the heart muscle, an echocardiogram, an ultrasound of the heart which studies the heart's shape and detects abnormal movements of the main, of the main pumping chamber. The ventricles. All right. Uh, when, uh, first time I got a nickel I was talking uh, right in the middle of it. And I said to the lady who was performing, it, I go, you know, I, I know what I'm looking at, but I have no idea what I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the concept of what you're doing, but what's going on, on the screen means nothing to me. Yeah. And basically they're measuring the Doppler effect.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, and I've kind of seen the same thing. And there's an image, and I'm just like, what view of the heart is this? <laughs> and um, it was explained to me, it's like, well, you're, you're thinking that we're pointing a camera through your chest and looking at it like that. We're not. What this is doing is this is a, this is basically like slicing your heart and like opening up like a bottle, like slicing it in half and then looking down on it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't know
1: that, and even when you do know that and they tell Doesn't you, help. you're like, but no neat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So I have a better understanding of it, but I have no idea what that screen's telling you right now. Yeah. I'm going to turn around and say, that guy is still dead. So, uh. <laughs> and then they may do a coronary or angiogram, which is where they, uh, they insert a catheter into an artery, uh, usually in the, traditionally in the femoral vein, in a femoral artery, but has recently been done in the uh, radial artery. They can go from there on certain calls. Yeah,
0: and the radial artery, by <coughs> the way, is uh, an artery that actually runs along your forearm. It would be on the, um, what most people call the inside of your forearm, but if we're going to get uh, technical, this would be the anterior part of your forearm, and it runs basically from the base of your thumb, where it connects at your wrist, uh, up your forearm to your, to your elbow. Where you generally check a pulse. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, so, they will actually run a wire up in there and they check out your, the blood vessels of your heart. People with Takasubo cardiomyopathy don't have any blockages in their coronary arteries, whereas a heart attack, there is a blockage.
0: Yeah, that's, that's basically what a heart attack is, is a blockage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, And so another thing, just a little bit of A&P here, a little refresher on the heart. So the heart, so we talked a little bit about chambers. So the heart has uh, two upper chambers called the atria. These are smaller chambers, and they take blood in from either the body or the lungs, depending on what side of the heart it's on. And then those will squeeze, and they push blood down into the lower chambers. On the right side, you have the right ventricle and that chamber will squeeze and it will push blood into the lungs. And then on the left side, you have the left ventricle, which is much bigger. And I guess this is probably what they're referring to as the main pumping chamber. Uh, The left ventricle is a lot stronger because it has to push blood out of the heart and all the way to the rest of the body. And in one push, it's going to try and push blood as far as it can. And so it's a pretty muscular uh, chamber there. And it has a specific shape to it. And so if you change that shape, it's not going to pump as efficiently, which is what's going on here in broken heart syndrome. Is mm-hmm. the uh, the heart shape changes? Uh, so, recovering from this. So, here's the good news about broken heart syndrome, and that is that the heart is muscle
1: that, is that Takasimos.
0: Yes, <laughs> I missed a joke there.
1: Uh, not really. It was just a okay. random production. It wasn't a good one. okay all right that was totally everybody else can be here just listening to crickets i was chuckling in my head so it made made (laughs) well Well, you know i
0: probably didn't get it because i'm actually i only have my right headphone on the other ones uh, my left one's off my ear so i didn't hear the full joke i only heard half of it (laughs) (laughs)
1: because
0: that's how headphones work right you know what in one ear half (laughs) in the other (laughs) what i want you ever see those dad joke challenges on youtube Mm -hmm. i we need to do that because uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, not against each other because it would go on forever there would be no no
1: clear winner um, but did you, uh, the, did you see the one I put on Facebook the other day did you put a dad joke one on Facebook I have a very scary math joke but I'm
0: too squared to tell oh them. yes I did see that I did, <laughs> I did see that alright okay mm-hmm. let's stop before the Star Trek jokes come out of <laughs> uh, alright <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so the good news is is that in this, uh, in broken heart syndrome, uh, the muscle will usually heal with, uh, within about two to four weeks. So uh, it'll return to its normal shape. Most people are going to fully recover in about two months. And you might need a regular follow up uh, with echocardiograms to check your heart's recovery. Um, But there's good news; it's usually going to take care of itself. But it is important to manage any physical or emotional stress that got you there in the first place. So you need to speak to your doctor. Or if you have a cardiac rehabilitation team after this um which i imagine your patient probably does mark mm-hmm. um, yeah. as they are going to be the best people to help you uh, cardiac rehabilitation teaches you how to stay healthy feel more confident managing your condition and reduce the chance of getting sick uh, again so uh now on to one of my favorite
1: dysrhythmias oh wow you blew through that just so you get to this one <clears throat> pretty much no yeah. sorry uh, B- and B- that was on, so on svt uh so <laughs>
0: Uh, SVT stands for supraventricular uh, tachycardia, uh, literally, I mean, again, another beautiful word for medical terminology students, uh, supra means above ventricular. We already talked about the chambers of the ventricle and tachycardia literally means fast heart. And so what you're talking about is a tachycardia, which is technically any rate over a hundred. Um, but this is going to be referring to things that are going to go quite a bit faster. Um, that the problem originates uh, Above the ventricles So mm-hmm. uh, This is also called Paroxysmal Or PSVT Paroxysmal supraventricular tachycardia And it's defined As an abnormally fast Heartbeat So we're not talking about Like yeah I got my heart rate up On the treadmill We're talking <laughs> about I, like
1: Or I got up and ran up the stairs <laughs> Yeah exactly
0: <laughs> We're talking about like uh, I sat on the couch And for some odd reason I felt like I was Going to pass out um, right. And all of a sudden It felt like my heart Was going to beat Out of my chest That's what we're Talking about here So it's a broad term And it includes actually a lot of different forms uh, of heart rhythms and problems that originate above the ventricles. That's the superventricular part uh, in the atria or above the AV node. So a little bit, I'm going to kind of electrically diagram out, out the heart really quick here. So like I talked about earlier, we have the atria up top and we have the ventricles down below. So your heart runs off of electricity. Now we have an entire episode on this, so I will be brief, but it is, uh, it's a really good episode. Like I'm not trying to brag, but I mean, fuck, we kind of nailed it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and so uh, your heart uses electricity like many things. And so, so uh, what it does is the AV node or um, atrioventricular, atrioventricular node is in the middle of the heart, but we'll start at the top. So at the very top of the heart, you got a little bundle of nerve fiber called the SA or sinoatrial node. We'll just call it the SA for now. It generates an impulse and that impulse travels through the atria and that causes them to contract. It's an electrical impulse that travels through the top part of the heart. It then goes down and that impulse is going to co- uh, connect at the AV node or the atrioventricular node. That's a little bundle of nerve fibers between the two. Uh, well, not really nerve fibers, but it's a little deal. It's a node, I guess, uh, between the atria and the ventricles. It's made mostly of calcium. That's you neither know, here nor there. And that's going to transmit that electrical signal down to the lower part of the heart. Now, it gives just enough of a delay so that the atria can push blood down and fill the ventricles before that electricity transmits down to the ventricles. That electricity is going to transmit down. Technically, there's a few other wires in there. We're going to skip over that, but it's going to transmit down through the ventricles and cause them to contract. Actually, uh, we're going to get into those here in a little bit. OK, but. This is a basic overview here. Right. Uh, We'll kind of fine tune that a little bit, but it'll uh, transmit down and cause uh, contraction of the ventricles. So a normal heart rate is anywhere between sixty or hundred beats per minute. Heart rate more than hundred beats per minute is called tachycardia. If it's less than sixty, we call it bradycardia, and that is going to occur. Tachycardia is going to occur when the electrical impulses that coordinate your heartbeats uh, don't work properly, and it may feel like you have a fluttering or racing heart. Now again, we're not talking about the one hundred and twenty or even one hundred and fifty you got in the treadmill. We're talking uh, no real reason for it to be uh, up and it's going high. So the first thing we're going to talk about is atrial tachycardia. So, real quick, what's yes. your fastest SVT? I don't know, uh, but I know yours is fucking fast. I, yeah, <laughs> you you've told you told me
1: before and I forget what it was. I was well, being like, damn. Yeah, well, my fastest SVT I've seen is 236 beats per minute. By the way, this is not Mark's personal SVT. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, the fastest cardiac rhythm, which was atrial fib, was 268 beats per minute. Hmm. Yeah. But my fastest SPT was 236, 238. And I remember the uh, where I worked at the time, it was not where I'm working now. Um, the fire department was extremely uncomfortable with us doing... Uh, doing a medic uh, car uh, good look pharmacological interventions um, I don't think we should do that here we need to wait until we get to the hospital where a doctor can do that oh fuck off <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it here. We didn't didn't use that terminology, but that's essentially what he got from
0: us. (laughs) That's what it boiled down to. So uh, atrial tachycardia. So atrial tachycardia is going to be the least common type of SVT. And so it's generally seen in children, actually, with underlying heart disorders like congenital heart disease, and particularly those who have had heart surgery. So atrial tachycardia may also be triggered by factors such as an infection or drug or alcohol use. For some people, atrial tachycardia—
1: Alcohol use in a kid is just really inappropriate. <laughs> That's true. I got to get him to go to sleep somehow, Mark. Anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> atrial tachycardia may also be triggered by factors like an infection, uh, drug, or alcohol use. So for some people, atrial tachycardia is increased during pregnancy or exercise. So atrial tach exposes, or uh, sorry, atrial tachycardia. And I burped atrial (laughs) tech episodes typically begin slowly, gradually increasing to more than 100 beats per minute before returning to normal heart rate between 60 and 80 or so. Uh, in some cases, these episodes occur more abruptly, uh, and they can occur continuously. So, diagnosis: there are some tests and procedures needed to diagnose atrial tachycardia, and this can include a blood test. This will check your thyroid function, heart disease, or other conditions that may trigger atrial tach. Uh, get an ECG, which is going to be—I'm going to guess—a common theme in
1: a lot of these. A uh, holter monitor. Real quick, uh, on the diagnosis section, uh, we're going to go back. We're going to. We're not actually going to do it, but uh, when we get to our next form of SVT, the treatments are and everything are basically the same thing. Perfect. So we probably won't touch on them there. But if you want to really hear the di- uh, the treatment, the the testing procedures, you can just rewind to hear. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this, and it works for both of them. Shaboom. So, uh,
0: so yeah. So you're going to get an ECG that it's just a measurement of the electrical activity of your heart. Whatever you see, like, you know, the heart rhythm that they like to put on the side of ambulances or that you... Uh, It's that's the rhythm where some idiot on TV will go. He's flatlined. Shock him. That's what they're talking about
1: right there. My favorite is when they're like, "His heart's racing." My daughter hates this because I'm like, "No, it's not. No, it's not. It's like 80 beats per minute. I can see the cardiac monitor from here. (laughs) Yeah, looks fine. That's actually that's Uh, normal. Our our southernmost hospital. Yeah, that we go to for the longest time. (laughs) They had this rhythm down at the end of the hall down by their cath labs, and I. It went from something close to a sinus rhythm To a flat line I And mean, I remember asking the church this one time I'm like hey and I pointed out He looked down the hall he goes don't even get me started man Don't even get me started <laughs> Oh it was like a decoration or something or like a- Yeah it was a painting, like, yeah, just a painting on the far back wall Down by where you could go to the cath lab <laughs> And it's this dying rhythm And I'm like hey I'm no I mean I'm no doctor He's like just every time I saw him he's like don't Just don't do it <laughs> Don't bring it up he goes, I've beat my head against that wall so many times It would, At the very least, turn it around you Right, know? exactly so It's just yeah. going the right direction yeah. Oh god, uh, we had an ambulance And we got this fixed, thankfully But
0: we had an ambulance where It had actually a pretty cool wrap uh, job done on it And on one side of the ambulance It had a normal sinus rhythm Going around And it went all the way around the ambulance The problem was, is because it was one continuous rhythm By the time you wrap it around the other side of the ambulance It's going backwards <laughs> and so it shows up from the rap shop everyone's looking at it um, it was our PR department that put it together and given they did a great job but they don't read their PR people don't read EKGs they don't know that's not right. their job you know uh, they don't read EKGs I don't read contracts you know it yeah exactly um, but then it was uh, he's now a, a manager he walked out there and he's like um, looks good <laughs>
1: But, but it's wrong. <laughs> thankfully, it was fixed pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, so you also... Well, they just, they just it off and then flipped it over and back up on the side of the ambulance. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's how those work. So Holter monitors.
0: Now, I've actually had a Holter monitor. I had some syncopal episodes in high school, and it was basically just because I was super skinny would stand up too fast. Uh, but it happened enough time where I got a Holter monitor. And so basically, it's a portable ECG that you wear. And it just records your heart activity as you go about your daily routine. So this is really helpful. But yeah, basically, Mark and I, we go on these calls all the time. These people have syncopal episodes. And that's where they, for whatever reason, and there's a million reasons it can cause a syncopal episode, um, mm-hmm. they will almost or completely just lose consciousness. Um, and one of the reasons uh, for a syncopal episode can be a dysrhythmia. And a lot of dysrhythmias resolve within seconds they'll happen. Mm -hmm. And they'll just as quickly as they came on, they'll go away. And the hard part for us is we'll get there and we'll take you to the hospital and you had an event, but unless that cardiac event happens again and you're on a monitor, no
1: one's going to know what it is. So that's where the Holter monitor. I ran a guy real quick, ran a guy in Oklahoma, right? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, we get called to like a family reunion. He had a syncopal episode. We get there, he's sitting on a chair. He's not He's not being a jerk at all. He's being nice. He's just not happy that we're there. This has been going on for seven years. Just random. They have, you know, it'll happen a couple times a month, and then not happen for six months. He just has these single episodes. He's been to cardiologists. He's been to, you know, endocrinologists. He's been to the ER many, many, many times. And it's basically, he's had halter monitors. He's had stress tests. He's had, they couldn't find anything. So while we're sitting there talking to him and working our way through it, And we're getting ready to actually get a refusal on the guy. We spoke to a doc, everything like that. He has another syncopal episode. We're like, okay. And he's out for like 10 seconds and he wakes back up. So I'm like, uh, has this ever happened twice? This close together? And his wife's like, no, never. Okay, that's a change. Let's go to the hospital. Right? Yes, Mark, that's right. So um, we are on the way to the hospital and the guy starts – Getting dizzy again, I look at the monitor. He's breeding down. He uh, he goes completely into asystole. I yell at my partner to pull over. I'd already grabbed some atropine, which is what we gave at the time for bradycardia. We still do, and um, he goes flatline. We're getting ready to start a code, and he starts his heart starts beating again. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, Yeah, And he said, he goes, it happened again. I go, yeah, but I got good news for you because I'd reached over and hit my print button on my cardiac monitor. So I got 90% of it, got it slowing down, got it going flat line for like 10 or 12 seconds and then started back up. He goes, yeah, but this time my heart's really racing. I'm like, well, yeah, I gave you medication for that (laughs) because I had the atropine at the time. Atropine was first line drug for asystole. I had it in my hand anyway, so I'm like, screw it, just gave the atropine, and we were getting ready to do everything else when it came back up. So I'm like, okay, go through the hospital, because I don't want to deal with that again, just in yeah. case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, but look, I know why it's happening, and it's an easy fix. So we get to the hospital, I make my radio report, all that kind of stuff. I get to the hospital, the doc comes in, he's looking at the guy, he's looking at the cardiac monitor they have there, and he goes, are you sure it was asystole? <laughs> and I knew the doc he was screwing with me partially you know he's like I go yeah I'm pretty sure it was flatline man he goes okay I'm, I didn't grab the strip I'm like I'll grab the strip out of my c- truck I'm walking down the hallway and I hear you know code blue room nine I turn around I walk back in guy's now just waking up and I look at the doc I go are you sure it was asystole doc <laughs> he goes, screw you Frankum <laughs> yeah this guy for the last seven years has been going having short periods of asystole wow and just nobody could ever catch it at the moment, and there was no damage to the heart, and yeah, so he, uh, we were able to show our twelve, our, our three lead strip of him bradying down, going into Sicily. They put a pacemaker, in and my saw him like six months later, felt great. Damn, so well, nice, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. echocardiogram would be the other. <laughs>
0: Uh, so they might do. We've talked about that, but that uses sound waves to produce images of your heart's size structure and motion. So your doctor might also try and trigger an episode with some other tests, uh, which include just punching you in the, <laughs> the chest. And uh, oh. uh, well, you might have a stress Jackie, t- Jackie Chan style. Exact <laughs> Right. Well, one inch punch. Uh, right. But anyway, so. Uh, There's a stress test, which is typically done on a treadmill or stationary bicycle while your heart is uh, being actively monitored. And then you have the electrophysiological testing and mapping, uh, which allows your doctor to see the precise location of the arrhythmia. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, it's the heart. Uh, But by precise location, (laughs) what they mean... And Margaret alluded to, we, we might get this specific later on, but in some of these dysrhythmias, these superventricular tachycardias, uh, remember how I talked about nodes earlier, where there's one node that kind of, that originates uh, the impulse and another <laughs> one that kind of carries it on, what?
1: <laughs> you mean the node right in the middle of your face? Did I, nose, did I, a s- Cold? oh, no, okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. Anyway, so. Just funny to me, man, just funny to me, okay. <laughs> The
0: electrophysiological testing and mapping, it's important because in some of these things, SVT, there'll be like a rogue node, if you will. It's a cell that really, really wanted to grow up and be a node, but couldn't quite make the node academy. And so it kind of decides it's going to be, it's basically the mall security guard that's overstepping and occasionally generates its own impulse. And if they can figure out where that is, there are some treatments that involve literally burning it to death and um, moving on from there. So, Mark, would you like to do treatments? Go be down. No, I'm fine.
1: It's better if I sit. (laughs) No, my dog. (laughs) I figured. He's uh, chasing his tail for two rounds and looking at me because he knows he's cute and and catches my eye. So trying to get me to treat him. Treatments. So treatments of atrial tachycardia depend on the severity of the condition and the factors that trigger it. In addition to managing any underlying conditions that could uh, trigger atrial tachycardia, your doctor may want to try some vagal maneuvers. Again, we're going to talk about a different type of SVT here in just a second. Very similar treatments <laughs> So vagal maneuvers Don't try this at home But you may temporarily slow your heart rate By using particular maneuvers that include Holding your breath and straining And now when they say straining um, The most common one we do is you're trying to bear down and poop Now one of the reasons yeah. I tell you not to try this at home Is you may poop yourself You know Well but it might be uh, better than the alternative Not pooping yourself?
0: No I mean like like, if you're doing
1: the vagal maneuver in the first place, oh, you're saying don't like, try just, it out unless just you need screw to. Screw around and try it. Yeah. Okay. Sit gotcha. in the traffic, listen to the podcast, decide to vagal yourself and end up having a car wreck, <laughs> you know. Uh, another one that you can do is dunking your face in ice water. Uh, or Again, don't do that really while hard. you're in the
0: car. That's yeah,
1: exactly what's that mark on your face? Well, I was trying to dunk my face in this cup of ice water I had, and I just couldn't quite get my face in. <laughs> so I kept ramming it harder and harder against the edge of the cup. <laughs> Or coughing. One of the most common ways uh, we do it is we actually take a syringe and try and get the patient to blow the plunger out. So they, you take the needle off, first of all, and then they put their <laughs> lips around the uh, opening and they try and blow through that. And what that does is that increases the pressure inside your thoracic cavity, stimulating your vagal nerve. Thereby, uh, the vagal nerve will then try and slow the heart rate down, if it works. doesn't always work. Uh, medications. Your doctor may suggest intravenous or oral medications to control your heart rate or your rhythm. And one of those that we're gonna get into in just a little bit, we're gonna do medications here in a minute, so we'll get into that there. Uh, cardioversion, if your arrhythmia does not respond to vagal maneuvers or medication, or if there's no identifiable treatment condition triggering it, your doctor may use electrical cardioversion. So what we do is our cardiac monitor that we use to defibrillate we can also do what's called cardioversion. Now, what's the big difference between the two, Chris? So defibrillation,
0: I, I guess you could say, is sort of the, um, the blind shot with the 50 cal. Um, <clears throat> not blind necessarily, but when you're talking about synchronized cardioversion, When you deliver that shock, defibrillation, you're not really worried about when the shock is delivered. You're going to hit the button, the shock's going to be delivered. In synchronized cardioversion, we're actually trying to deliver that shock at a very specific point. Now, there's a reason for that. Uh, When your heart is in one of these SVTs, uh, the ventricles are contracting. What you don't want to do is you don't want to cause something called R on T. And basically what that is, is it's where... Uh, when the ventricles are contracting and they're squeezing, which they are going to be doing in this, in this SVT, they're going to do something called uh, depolarize, uh, or rather be repolarize. And that is where they start to relax, the ventricles, they start to relax before they get ready to squeeze again. Well, if they get halfway through relaxing, and then you hit it with one of these um with electricity all of a sudden, you can actually put them into a more dangerous rhythm, typically ventricular fibrillation in which case then you would defibrillate and so the goal is that you need to have this land at just the right time so you don't cause that problem so it's all about timing that's the main difference between defibrillation and cardioversion
1: right and also uh, a lot of times the amount of energy we use that's why you're referring to like as a 50 cal before is that we use a much higher or a higher joule setting to uh defibrillate than we do necessarily to synchronize cardiovert So, next is going to be uh, catheter ablation. This is where the doctor threads one or more catheters through your blood vessels to your heart, and electrodes at the tips of the catheters can either use uh, heat, extreme cold, or radio frequency energy to damage uh, or ablate a small spot of your heart tissue and create an electrical block or basically a fence around the uh, area that's causing your your arrhythmia. This is what I was talking about, where they find that rogue pacemaker and they just burn it Mm -hmm. to death. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about that. Nope. Got nothing. Okay. Pacemaker. (laughs) (laughs) If you experience frequent episodes of atrial tachycardia and all of the treatments, because you can get an ablation, because they don't like burn an actual section of your heart. They basically put a fence around that part so that that rogue pacemaker can do whatever it wants. And just as it's contained.
0: Yeah. It's little impulse doesn't go anywhere. Right. But... It can.
1: <laughs> it's, it's not his a, own it's little not a perfect plan. <laughs> uh, it can. It can. You can still get. Um, you can still have recurrence of the atrial tachycardia, even with the ablation done, just because it's not a perfect science. Yeah. So, other. Uh, so if the uh, if you're having frequent episodes and all of their treatments are unsuccessful, your doctor may suggest an implant of a small device called a pacemaker. So pacemaker just does that. It sets the pace or it makes the pace of your, uh, your electrical, of uh, the electrical activity in your heart. Did you almost say so erection? Pardon me? Did you almost say erection? I don't believe so. Hmm. We'll find did out. Did you editing. almost hear, did you almost hear erection? Pretty sure. Like you were saying elect, electrical,
0: and you ended up with erect and then you corrected yourself to elect.
1: Hmm. Now what I don't want to hear on the final episode is my voice going you know it is basically making the and then your voice overdubbed with erection <laughs> back it's, to my voice it's gonna be the new theme song it's just you going erection, <laughs> erection erection I
0: will find proof it's in my butt it's in my butt oh, yeah I got this this is perfect
1: because now I have an audio Uh-oh. sample of you saying erection like that just just happened. <laughs> I don't know which is creepier—that you noticed it or you kept that for your own personal use on your phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just me saying erection over and over and over again. <laughs> That's now your ringtone.
0: <laughs> I'll be out to a nice dinner with my parents or something.
1: <laughs> erection, erection. Oh, could you please?
0: I uh, guess I would like more pepper on the uh, Caesar salad. Thank you very much. Erection, erection.
1: Oh, hang on, guys. That's Mark Frankum. Yeah, oh, oh, look, it's Mark Frankum, the guy from Oklahoma. Yeah. So uh, the pacemaker is basically a small. Um, device placed in the usually on the upper left-hand portion of your chest. Uh, It's not very big. They say, like, they used to say, well, it's about a deck of cards or a pack of cigarettes. They're not even that big anymore. Um, And it's just two small electrodes that go down. You have different types of of pacemakers. You have demand, which only work when you need them. They have constant. They have one that just stimulates the ventricle. Um, They've got them now. They've got them not just now, but they've had them for a while. I think they're getting better where they do. It's called an AV pacemaker. Where it simulates the natural impulses of the heart. Nice. And uh, they can also, uh, you know, as a bundle for today only, get an AICD put in there. So if your heart is prone towards uh, rhythms that are incompatible with life, it can then give your heart a much lower joule-setting shock to the point that you don't even notice it a lot of times and restart your heart in a proper rhythm. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yay. So, so for people with atrial tachycardia, this procedure is typically followed by an ablation of the AV node. Wow. 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 Ablate the AV node. Yeah. It seems, well, I guess it makes I sense. That would have. I figured that would have caught my eye earlier. Yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah.
1: Seems aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, the atrioventricular nodal reentry tachycardia or the Avinert. Avinert. <laughs> Avinert. Um, the atrial ventricular nodal reentry tachycardia, Avernert, is the most common type of SVT. Uh, episodes often start and end suddenly and occur because of a reentrant circuit. Reentrant circuit. See? See, you added an R in there. I'm just saying. Erection, circuit. <laughs> 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 um. Re-erection circuit, <laughs> uh, also called an accessory pathway, located in or near the AV node that causes the heart to beat prematurely. Avnert tends to occur more often in young women, but can affect both males and females of any age. We uh, had a lady. She's a lady. Is she? Uh, yeah, down southwest region of our county. And um, she actually had her own 10cc syringe, and she would try and vagal herself before she called 911.
0: Hey, sweet. That's good, though. <sighs>
1: No, because if she faked herself out of it, she just wouldn't call us. <laughs> so I, yeah, I was happy about that concept. But so again, your um, your diagnosis and your treatments are relatively similar. You know, with a, <clears throat> you're going to need EKG, you're going to need blood work, you're going to do echocardiograms, you're going to be. <laughs> go lay down. I'm telling you, sitting is fine for me. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you're also your treatments. There's going to be pharmacological treatments, of which we're getting ready to go over those medications now. But then you can also do cardioversion. Um, and uh, then long term, they could look at the ablations and the pacemakers and stuff like that. Mm. So SVT medications. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, medica- medication. Ooh. Mm. Gosh, I love it
0: when we speak fake Spanish.
1: Dirección. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: God. <laughs> That's the new thing we did on the show. I carry the show and you say erection. Uh,
1: erection.
0: <laughs> so, adenosine. Uh, this is one Mark and I, uh, we give uh, for these. Uh, to each in other. The field. Yeah, to each Yeah, all the time. It's like, Mark is talking too much. Here's some adenosine. No, I'm just joking. Sorry, that was mean. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Um Anyway, so adenosine is the first-line drug, uh, hence why it's used in EMS a lot, uh, used for the termination of atrioventricular nodal reentry tachycardias, or AVNRT. <laughs> I still like saying that. Uh, so <laughs> it is a potent, uh purenergic blocker and generally blocks activation uh, preferentially in the slow pathway of the AVNRT reentry circuit. So in rare cases, the administration of adenosine may lead to atrial fibrillation or even asystole for a short period. I would say not even in rare cases um, lead to asystole. It tends to be, and this is purely anecdotal, but what I've noticed just in my experience, and and I understand to those out there listening that um, that's highly subjective and biased. But in my experience, it seems that if you have... exactly. Um, if you have a larger bore IV that's fairly proximal and you give the adenosine and you follow it up with a good flush of saline, uh, you don't really see much of a of that asystolic period. But I have had patients, actually what I'm thinking of is there, there's a local hospital, it's actually now in urgent care, uh, and every now and then they would get patients. They just they were in an emergency room, but they just, you know, they weren't very equipped and so they had to transfer a lot of stuff out. They had like four beds. And so they... Had somebody in there. We got called and the person was in um, SVT pretty fast. And so we go to push uh, adenosine and the only line they could get. And this is not because they're not skilled. This is because this person did not have veins. Um, Right. The only line that they could get was a smaller gauge that was uh, fairly low down on the um, upper extremities. And so we pushed adenosine the best we could. We followed up with saline the best we could. And by golly, was that a Sicily period a little bit larger than anyone was comfortable with? It was like, hmm.
1: yeah, but okay. In all fairness, it doesn't take for a very long section of a cystole to start getting uncomfortable. Yeah, very true, very true. And then it came back, and everyone was kind of like, okay. All right. The whole is. room. Patient
0: still didn't wake up. Took a little bit for the patient to wake up, but the patient went like out. But they were in an SVT that was fast enough to where they were already like not doing well. Like pressure was already not high. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah so anyway so yeah so we can give adenosine and that will uh slow it down so it should be given well literally the next paragraph uh through a central large-bore iv needle (laughs) as it has a very short half-life so it should be followed by a saline flush and elevation of the extremity uh, which it is being ejected the initial dose uh, is six milligrams, and you follow that by twelve milligrams, and then oftentimes we'll follow that with another twelve. Uh, but this literature is saying occasionally you'll follow that up with an eighteen milligram. Uh, it should
1: not be used in heart transplant patients, though. Funnily enough, and it may be ineffective well, because um, it's not going to block. The, because with heart transplant patients, I don't believe they have the that pathway. Oh, uh, in place, and so it's just not going to do anything.
0: Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so it may be uh, ineffective if given to a patient taking uh, theophylline, uh, and it may be potentiated by
1: uh, mipiridamol. <laughs> Di- Dipyramidal. 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 Dipyre- I'm going to go back to theophylline and correct that one and leave you on this one. Theophylline. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> theophylline and dip- dipyramidamol. 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 Theophylline Di- and... Or Yeah. Okay, Ruthering. we got through yeah.
0: that. We did it. Great. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> if you want to see uh, me do a similar task, you should see me try and learn to ride a unicycle uh, by self-teaching. <laughs> uh, Verapamil. So IV verapamil, 5 to 10 milligrams, is effective at stopping AVNRT, and it may be better tolerated in some individuals than adenosine is. So generally, adenosine is going to be given as initial therapy, but verapamil may be used in patients who have recurrent episodes uh, as it has a longer half-life, meaning it's going to stick around a little bit longer. Intravenous verapamil may cause hypotension, which is low blood pressure, and bradycardia, which is a slower heart rate. And kind of the goal, but not that profound. Well,
1: right. Yeah, you want to get to a normal, normal rate, not a bradycardic. Exactly. We want to go from bradycardic to normal, not from fast to slow. Right. Uh, So, dilt, take it away, Mark. Uh, Diltiazem, or also called cardizem, uh, intravenous diltiazem can be immediate can be immediate effective to terminate AV nodal reentry supraventricular tachycardia, but it is not recommended as the primary approach to stop Avnert. A 2017 emergency medicine review suggests that non-dihydropyridine calcium channel blockers, non-dihydropyridine, I was not using than I thought it was going to be, hmm. uh, calcium channel blockers such as diltiazem or verapamil may be as effective as uh, adenosine for converting narrow complex tachycardia, <laughs> particularly for those who are repeat tweeted. <laughs> I really, to work on my typing. Oh, I see. Repeat, repeat, <laughs> twid. <laughs> yeah, typing is a forte. Uh, repeated states uh, to sinus rhythm, and that no statistically significant difference exists in the conversion rate between these agencies agents. And adenosine, ninety percent, a greater than ninety percent conversion rate for both groups. Although the adenosine is rapid acting, however, adenosine is associated with more negative short-term side effects. Uh, hemodynamically unstable patients should undergo, uh, electrical cardioversion. So basically, oh wow, that's interesting that, uh, adenosine has some more, has more negative short-term side effects, but because it's shorter acting, I guess we just don't see those very often. Hmm. That is interesting. And then of course, like we said on the last line there, if they're truly hemodynamically unstable, skip all of this because cardioversion is probably gonna be the most effective thing. Uh, let's see. IV beta bro- uh, beta beta blockers. God, that R thing really is killing me tonight. Uh, intravenous beta-blockers. Intravenous metoprolol or esimol are particularly effective to terminate Avnert. But these are not generally used to treat Avnert unless other therapies are not available. The dosing of metoprolol is 5 to 10 milligrams, and the dosing of esimol is 200 to 500 micrograms per kilogram, undiluted IV push. So, Yeah. I tell you about, uh, I think I've told you the story about the clinic I went to in Oklahoma where they were trying to mainline a dinner card. What do you mean? Uh, They were, (laughs) so they said they had given a dinner card already. Like, oh, okay, great. So we walk in and I'm talking to this patient. I'm looking at him and there's no IV. Huh. Oh, they just, needle syringe IV? Needle syringe vein. Or vein, that's what I mean. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did that. But what they were doing, because they came in and they're like, Doctor wants another round of card given. They've got one syringe in their hand. And it's about 25 cc's. What's that? It's card. No, it's not. Uh, they were drawing the card up into their 20 cc flush, because that's what it says on the packaging. And it was all in one 25-ish, 20 to 25 cc flush, and they are giving the whole thing just straight into the vein. Oh, goodness. Went, no, you're not. <laughs> And so I physically got between the patient and the, and the, uh, caregiver. She got really angry. I'm going to get the doc. Okay. She ran out. We shut the door behind her, locked it. Started an IV on her, gave her proper dinner card. <laughs> yeah. Unlocked the door. The doctor was pounding on <clears throat> Luckily this clinic was known to be horrible. So our medical director was like, you did the right thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they were just drawing up the dinner card into the 20 CC flush and giving the whole thing as one big flush. Which is not how this works. No, that's not, not.
0: and 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 (laughs) it isn't how it
1: works because it didn't work. Right, (laughs) exactly. I mean, sure, there's that. Yeah. If you want to throw that in their face, Chris. (laughs) Right. So our last little section here: cardiac blocks. No, these are like Legos, but a little bit funner. Um, Actually, when I was I was uh, we were talking about cardiac blocks in medical in, in paramedic school, and I was like, you know, my martial arts instructor used to be used to have a third degree block, then he got promoted.
0: I uh, <laughs> I find this yeah. stupid shit funny, and I think you know that.
1: That's why you say it. <laughs> it's almost like when it's so worse, is, I laugh harder. <laughs> so, uh, what is a heart block? All right, a heart blo- a normal heartbeat. Oh, sorry. Oh, I can do it. Shoot. You... Oh, okay, fine. Hmm? Chris will be taking you from here. Go ahead, Chris.
0: All right, thanks, Mark. Um, <laughs> thank you for just slopping the uh, show back on my shoulders. Um, <laughs> even though I just tried to interject and do it anyway. Uh, yeah,
1: right. <laughs> All
0: right, so what is a heart block? So you got a normal heartbeat that's going to be initiated by an electrical signal. It comes from the heart's natural pacemaker, the SA node that we briefly touched on earlier, and that's right at the top of the right atrium. So that electrical signal travels through the atria, both of them, and reaches the atrioventricular node, AV. Uh, after crossing the AV node, the electrical signal passes uh, through the bundle of Hiss, and the bundle then divides into thin wire-like structures called bundle branches that extend into the right and left ventricles. The electrical signals then travel down the bundle branchles, branchles, branches, branches, uh, <laughs> branches. Corrections, branches.
1: Mine, mine's ours. Mine's ours. Yours is El. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and eventually, it reeses. Re- fuck, reeses. Re- I need mean, candy. I'm so, That's, I'm so this glad, is I'm so glad you took this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. And it's funny. None of none of the hard like, nailing all the hard words. Not, not, not the simple ones. Uh, And eventually reach the muscle cells of the ventricles, causing them to contract and pump blood to the body or the lungs, depending on which ventricle, a heart block occurs when this passage of electricity from the top to the
1: bottom of the heart is delayed or interrupted. So types of heart block. Okay. So I just want to say this first one we're going to talk about, I firmly should believe should be renamed the who gives a shit heart block. Yeah. Because or or uh, you're you're officially 60 years so, old. Here you go. <laughs> and uh, this is going to be one of my little rants because the people people who are not great clinicians will tend to fade in the background on the more difficult stuff, but they will own a first degree heart block. Yeah, it looks like a first <laughs> I mean, degree heart block or that's yeah, a so first degree heart block. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they will step in and they will own the first degree heart block because nobody cares. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's easy. It, it happens. It's easy. Yeah, it's easy. But anything that's borderline or they have to make like a judgment call or they could be wrong on. Yeah, they fade into the background. At oh, that yeah. Point. Fucking so. quick. All right. So <laughs> the electrical impulses in a first degree, your electrical impulses
0: are slowed as they pass through the conduction syndrome, but they always successfully reach the ventricles. They always get where they're going. Every
1: single fucking time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, they may be going 40 and 55, but they're getting there. Uh, so, the first degree heart block rarely causes any symptoms or problems. Uh, well trained athletes may have a first degree heart block. Some medications can also cause this condition. No treatment is generally needed for the first degree heart block. Nobody cares. Yeah. So, the nobody way, cares. The way, <laughs> exactly. So, the way we see that on the monitor, that when your atria contract, it makes a little tiny wave called the P wave. And then a little bit of time goes by and then you have a bigger wave that represents your ventricles contracting. Well, if that little bit of time goes by is a little bit longer, that's a first three heart block. Real
1: quick, when Chris says a little bit of time, he's talking like fifths of a second. Oh, yeah. Like 10 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a coffee and a little bit of time went by.
0: <laughs> a secondary heart block type one, uh, also called the Vinky Buck. Um, but anyway, so... Or winky Bok for the rest. Winky <laughs> Uh, So, the electrical impulses are delayed further and further with each subsequent heartbeat until a beat fails to reach the ventricles entirely. This type of block is most often uh, is physiologic and is seen in highly relaxed states and during sleep it rarely causes symptoms it sometimes can cause dizziness and or other symptoms so this is a block that might cause things like syncope like mark and i were talking about uh, earlier and i have a
1: little frustration with secondary heart blocks i want to touch on go for it oh um they have like 19 different names dude yeah god they do there's a second-degree type one. There's a, a Mobitz two. Yeah. There's a Winky Buck. There's a classic one, a classic two. Pick a fucking name, people. Yeah. Well, just, <laughs> and, and, and for this show,
0: we're going to say Winky Buck because it's a cool word. Uh, but other than that, we're going to go type one, type two, and call it good. So right. <laughs> the way the, the Winky Buck or the type one is going to look on there, so that P wave I talked about earlier, well, it's going to be a little delayed. Then it's going to be a little more delayed. Then it's going to be a little bit more delayed. And until that next, that big spike you're all used to seeing, eventually you'll have a P wave and then just no big spike. And then another P wave comes along and it'll be a little delayed, then a little more delayed, then a little more delayed, and then you'll drop another big spike. And that's how this looks. So... The second degree, the type two. With this condition, some of the electrical impulses aren't able to reach the ventricles as well. Uh, it's less common than a type one, and it is more serious, however. So usually your doctor will recommend a pacemaker to treat a type two secondary heart block as it frequently uh, progresses to a third degree heart block. And the way this one looks is, what you have is those, so in the type one, you have a little delay, then a big delay, then a bigger delay. This one, they're all big delays. And you're dropping, and you're also dropping every now and again. You're dropping a um, the big spike, which is the ventricle. And I've even
1: seen it where it drops multiple big spikes. So you have a, and then you you can actually. It's not really a sinus arrest, but you'll have a type two. You know, p big wave oh, in, p, a p, p, big yeah, in a row, multiple big spikes in a row. P wave, p wave, p wave, p wave, big spiky, big.
0: You know, which is technically so, yeah. a systole no because you're still getting a p wave well no because asystole means there's no systolic phase and you don't have a systolic phase without ventricular yeah. contraction
1: yeah most people think of asystole is just a flat oh night. very true there's very nothing true. going on you know basically actually, you don't like, shock this either for, <laughs> right yeah pretty much so uh anyway so, so now
0: we're going to talk about the third degree heart block this is the problem the, this one um this is where we're going to see this so usually can result in bradycardia but anyway so with this condition uh also called the complete heart block uh none of the electrical impulses from the atria reach the ventricles at all now this doesn't mean they're asystolic but anyway but when the when the ventricles do not receive the electrical impulses from the atria they will generate some impulses on their own and this can be called junctional or ventricular escape beats uh, ventricular escape beats uh, the heart's naturally occurring backups are usually very slow so patients frequently feel fatigue like headedness decrease in stamina when they're in a complete heart block uh, patients are usually treated by implanting a permanent pacemaker so the way this looks like oh. on the ekg those p waves we were talking about they're kind of going along at one rate and the big spikes are kind of going along at another rate and they don't associate whatsoever and so, so well,
1: yeah so that was the old name for it actually was av disassociation oh really so yeah back when eh, ask your dad <laughs> uh yeah <clears throat> back, back when back your old man old looks now to
0: Lincoln's farm <laughs>
1: <laughs> back when there was winky box and mobits running around uh, yeah. before they formalized them into first degrees second degrees and third degrees Yeah, yeah it was called av disassociation which i believe is a and I actually used that term to prove to a fire department it was second-degree block instead of a third-degree block. Uh,
0: Lincoln's Farm actually was an octopus farm. That's the other thing we should throw out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they actually got them working. Yeah, pretty much. Well, <laughs> n-
1: I, that's why I said used to. They didn't for okay. long. So... <laughs> Anyway. So yeah, uh, third-degree heart block. Yeah, your atrium's beating along, doing its thing. Your ventricles are beating along, doing this thing, and never the twain shall meet. Yeah, exactly. And this can cause a lot of problems.
0: Because basically what it results in is a, effectively bradycardia, uh, like mm-hmm. what we just read there. Um, the ventricular escape beats, because the P waves are not transmitting all the way through to the AV node uh, and generating a beat... Uh, the ventricles are kind of like, fine, I'll do it myself. And it just does it slower. And so it's rage isn't very fast. And that's why it causes this lightheadedness. Cause what you end up with is actually a decrease in blood pressure and you just can't perfuse the head as well, which is where your brain is. That's right. Mm-hmm. I took a and P your brains in the oh. head. so uh
1: finally bundle branch
0: (laughs) the bundle branch block so with this condition electrical impulses are slowed or blocked as they travel through the specialized conducting tissue in one or two of the ventricles so earlier we talked about that uh, a and p so whereas these other heart blocks we were talking about is a problem between the sa and the av node this is a problem from the AV node south. Okay, we talked about how it goes from the AV <laughs> node to the bundle of Hiss and then into those two uh, bundle branches, which are the, uh, I guess, the wiring that then goes south and kind of goes through the ventricles to help spread that impulse. Well, if one of those bundle branches is a little bit slow, this is a bundle branch block. Now, in a lot of times, a bundle branch block, people usually get these after some sort of cardiac damage, like they've had a previous MI. Um, sometimes they get them just cause life sucks and that's what happens yeah, to you. They're bored. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the way this looks on the monitor, I would say in more clean cut, uh, the more clean cut depiction on a monitor is those big spikes that you, that we, that you see on cardiac rhythms, you'll kind of see two of them really, really close together. And they look like little rabbit ears. And what that is, is you've got one half of the ventricles going on time and the other ones a little bit after that, you get these little bunny ears more often than not. And,
1: uh, if, if you adjust those little bunny ears, you get better reception on your TV. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's, <laughs> that's how you, uh, Yeah. That's normal
1: picture. You know, I'm I'm not even going (laughs) to clear that up. That that's fact.
0: So um, sometimes, though, more often than not, uh, what that spike will just look a little bit wider. And so in a bundle branch block, but um, the more clearly if it's clearly defined, you'll have kind of little rabbit ears there. So and then there's some other trickery when you do a 12 lead to where you can tell what side it's on as well. But um, anyway. You mean, I think you
1: mean magic. Oh, yes. Magic or tomfoolery, yeah. I believe, actually, what I mean, tomfoolery. <laughs> so, symptoms. Uh, your symptoms to ty- uh, ty- <laughs> Your symptoms depend on the type of heart block you have. Here we go. If you have a first-degree heart block, nobody gives a shit because you may not have any at all. Yeah. <clears throat> I have a good story about that, but it's kind of in-depth. About not giving a uh, shit? Pardon me? About not giving a shit? About one person giving a shit on scene. And going to the 10th degree to try and get the patient transported when she just did not want to go to the hospital. <laughs> to the point of doing a 12 lead and doing a consult with online medical control because they had a first degree heart block. And it, the son was, so it was this 90 year old woman who'd been having seen episodes for like 10 years. And what she said was, I've been to every doctor you can think about it. I don't care anymore. I don't want to die today, but if it's my day, I've led a good life. Right now, what I want to go do is go home and have lunch with my family. We're at a church. Right? On a Sunday. Fair enough. <clears throat> well, have you been told you had a heart block before? And I'm like, no, because nobody cares about first degree heart block. Yeah. Well, we're going to go back and do the uh, do a twelve lead on her. Mark, do you want to come and get down on this? No, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> because nobody cares. So, the son was getting frustrated because even the family were like, yeah, let's just take grandma home and have lunch, you know. Was and that? I said to the son, I go, just so you know, I'm the one driving the ambulance. So, she's not going anywhere unless I take her. And at this point, I'm not taking her anywhere. <laughs> She's – the fire department went back to a, a more private area to do the 12 lead. I'm standing there talking to the son. Lieutenant comes out. He goes, uh, he's online with online medical control. I went, what? He goes, I know. And so I look at the side. I go, I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> so at- I said, you know, unless something changes, I'm going to go. And so we left before they even came out from talking to online medical control. <laughs> Lieutenant's like, have a good day. <laughs> so there's a phrase that, that there's a phrase that comes to mind
0: with this. Yeah. Uh, and that is when you're dead, you don't know that you're dead. Uh the pain is only felt by others. <laughs> the
1: same thing happens when you're stupid. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm I have no doubt this person thought they were just nailing him. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, second degree heart symptoms. Uh, they can include chest pain, dizziness, fatigue, fainting, nausea, shortness of breath, and the feeling that your heart skips a beat. And it's actually more mainly than a because, feeling. Right. <laughs> mainly because it is. So, uh, third-degree heart blocks, uh, need immediate medical attention because you are your bradycardic. So, Chris touched on a major, on a lot of the AMP stuff and- I'm just, just going to bring in one thing. Go ahead. I'm
0: just laughing because the line that's written down here literally says, "Call 9-1 for any first bullet point: cardiac arrest." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely call for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Uh, lost my train of thought. Oh, so Chris was talking about how you know the natural pacemaker takes over in the ventri- in the ventricles when you get a third degree heart block. So, um, the lower you go in the heart for initiation of the impulse the slower it's going to be. So if it comes from the sinus rhythm, it'll be roughly 60 to 100 in normal rhythm. If the AV node or a junctional rhythm is, com- is going on, it's usually like 40 to 70. And then uh, the ventricular r- inherent rate can be like 20 to 40. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you get the dizziness, the cardiac arrest, uh, fainting, uh, severe tiredness, that's new onset, and uh, a feeling of a regular heartbeat or palpitations. Again, because it's not just a feeling. It's more than That's a feeling. Going Sorry. I like that album. I'm high on believing. Nope, different song that I was thinking of. That you're in love with <laughs> me. Yep, I was going with Boston. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, close. <laughs> uh, I, I'm okay with that song. I prefer the Boston. So anyway, Treatments. Uh, treatments for a second or third of your heart block you may get a small device called a pacemaker which we talked to about earlier a little little uh, bundle of joy in the upper right heart, upper right hand uh, upper left hand section of your chest with cables going down that can initiate the impulse it's an hDMI cable uh, right um, this is considered a minor surgery and you'll be sedated for it and uh yeah it's relatively in uh, these days it's <laughs> Day surgery almost. If it, I believe it is a day surgery sort of thing. You're going to go in. You're probably going to go home that night. Well, I should do it in urgent care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's, uh, Bob's pacemaker shop. A
0: doc will actually do it but, over a video conference now.
1: <laughs> no, actually, it's a conveyor belt. They just have patients on gurneys, and they roll one in front of them. He does it, and they roll another one in front of them, and he does it, and they roll them. Could you imagine that way you um, you maximize the number of patients you can get through in one day? Could you imagine doing it like the remote healthcare apps now? Be like, all right,
0: sir, go to your go to your kitchen, get a knife.
1: <laughs> no, 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 a sharp knife, yeah, sharp, not a butter knife. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's up to you, really, but a sharp knife is going to make this go much quicker.
0: <laughs> all right,
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ!
0: I mean, as you get your toaster. Some wire <laughs> A fork and a
1: curling iron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lay the scalpel on the element to heat it up. Anywho, uh, basically it's basically yeah, it's electrical it's an electrical backup system. Sir are you there? Your, uh... Sir? <laughs> Sir <laughs> Cut faster, cut faster. <laughs> Oh, I told you you should have had a friend over while you were doing this, but no, you didn't want to listen to me. <laughs> so, uh, life after a heart block. Uh, just like your heart, your pacemaker needs to be treated right to work well. There are some things you can do to get the most out of it. Uh, know what kind of pacemaker you have. So, if something goes wrong, you can tell the emergency room docs because that's helpful. Uh, let all your healthcare providers know about your pacemaker. You are probably not going to be able to go through a airport security line the regular one, they're going to have to wand you. Yeah. Uh, you can wear a medical bracelet or necklace that informs uh, others of your pacemakers. In an emergency, a lot of times we will look if we get a chance to in the upper left hand section of the chest. Uh, stay away from stay away from electronic devices, electrical devices with strong magnetic fields, because what's one of the ways we turn off a pacemaker, Chris? Uh, we put a magnet right over top of it. <laughs> so. Uh, now, electrical devices have a strong magnetic field, is if you ever go get an MRI or it's CAT scan, as a lesser degree, you need to let them know you have a pacemaker in, because an MRI will rip that thing right out of your chest. Or, or, if you have to get it removed
0: and you want to save a little money, and you have to get an MRI anyway. <laughs>
1: also, stay away from Magneto. Ah, uh, yes, the X-Men villain. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clarifying that, nerd. Um <laughs> So who's the more of the nerd, the one that clarifies it or the one that drops and just lets it sit there?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was like, I was actually, I think that exact conundrum in my head. I'm like, I'm
1: not sure really. Um, it's fine to be active once you have your doctors. Okay. But skip contact sports like football or ice hockey. That seems reasonable. Yeah. You don't want to, don't, don't, don't want to take a direct hit to that and get your pay, chase, uh, pacemaker checked regularly to see if it's working well. Now what's interesting is that these days you can just transmit it over a phone. My dad does. Well, wow, Nice. Yeah, he transmits over a phone line, and they can pull up the whole file. And so they were just in Europe, right? Yeah, Europe. This kind of Europe, and they were trying to make a connecting flight to Prague, and their plane came in late. And my mom's in a wheelchair, so that at the gangway at the you know the uh, the air getting off the airplane, the ramp, they had a lady there with with a wheelchair for my mom. She's like, okay, we got to hurry because we still have to get through passport control. So she takes off like at a run with my eighty-year-old mother in a wheelchair. Yeah, dedication. And my dad, right? Oh no, no, she did great. But here's my dad running through like Munich Airport at a full bore at eighty with their on with their bags from the uh, carry-on, trying to keep up with this lady because he's scared that. Well, he's not scared. He's just like, if I lose her in the crowd, I'm screwed. I don't know where we're going. (laughs) And so we were talking about the other day. He goes, "Yeah, but." My doctor's gonna be really surprised when he pulls the uh pulls the record for my pacemaker. <laughs> yeah. So uh Richard, what were you doing at uh eleven o'clock on December twenty second? <laughs> Question well, is Doc, I was what was I not doing? <laughs> He's like, Well, I was have you noticed running full bore through Munich Airport, so Or you just be like, Have you noticed my wife's in a wheelchair now? <laughs> oh, God <laughs> this <is> my parents <laughs> are talking about. Oh, I know. <laughs> i tell your, all right, And
0: you know what, motherfucker? You know what? You have no room to complain about this
1: at all. At all. What did I do? What did I do? Oh, what did it? Yeah. Now, if you really wanted to make it uh, over the top, you'd mention that she now has a broken hip. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, So she fell off her mobility scooter because she, she hung, hung the back tire off her curb. Sure, she did. Fell off into the road. The only thing that so, was hung is your dad. Oh, <laughs> God. Jesus. I would be really offended if the last time they went and bought a bed, my dad didn't make the joke that he was going to ask the salesperson if they had any with the handcuffs already built into it. (laughs) So, (laughs) no, but what was really funny. was one of the cardiologists came in to talk to her. He was a little confused about what happened. He's like, you fell off a scooter? And she goes, yeah, in in Prague. And everything like that. He's like, a scooter. She goes, yeah, a mobility scooter. He thought at 80 years old, she was bombing around Prague on a Vespa (laughs) in the middle of December. (laughs) But he's, like, he's up top ma'am up top <laughs> and he was like that makes a lot more sense what i was thinking <laughs> oh god <clears throat> so anyway that's uh this episode of cardiac thingies which i really think should be the name <laughs> you know what man you title these bad boys I just edited yeah, them that's a good point cardi cardiac thingies there we go boom so uh that's all I have how about you chris i got nothing man yeah, that's it. Totally, totally it's done. had huh? nothing
0: this whole time, actually. I was winging it.
1: <laughs> so, uh, thank you for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope everybody had a great new year and a great holiday season. Uh, our numbers dropped off a little bit during that time. I'm hoping it's uh, just busy with other things and they start to pick up again. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, it's going to make me sad. I'll miss everybody. Yeah, that's all I have. Thank you for contact. Uh, if you want to uh, send us a message, you can get a hold of us on the social meds at Twitter at MedSideStuff, M-E-D. That's what the kids say these oh, days. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Meds. My bad. Yeah, I'm trying to be, I'm from the street, Chris. Yeah. Uh. I, can, I can hear your backwards hat over the mic. <laughs> I was thinking of my chair backwards, too. Oh, wow. nice. Which is actually uncomfortable because it's an office chair with arms. <laughs> and I'm kind of stuck in it now. Right, exactly. Call for help. Uh, so you get a hold of us on Twitter at uh, M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F, MedSide stuff. You can get a hold of us on Instagram at MedicalStuff52, and we're on Facebook at MedicalStuff. If you'd like to send us an email, please do. It's stuff at Yahoo.com. And that's everything for this week. We will be next back next week with something. Yeah. Who knows? You know, this is pretty much how it goes every week. So, we uh, appreciate that y'all are listening. Please tell everybody, give us uh, great reviews if you feel comfortable doing that on all of your uh, all of your listening apps. Sure, we we'll go with apps. Yeah, and have a wonderful week. Toast. Toast.